This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey backpackers, this is Bird Shooter, and tonight on the show I speak with Gary Bond, who chauffeured me recently to Trail Days in Damascus, Virginia, where I joined the class of 1994 to celebrate the 25th anniversary of our thru-hike and walk in the annual Trail Days Parade in town. You might recall Gary by his trail name Drone Boy. We uh, last spoke with him in episode 48 about his hike on the Inca Trail in Peru, Uh, but this time Gary joins me in the studio. To, uh, talk about our experiences at Trail Days and discuss what it's like for a first-timer at the event and also what it's like for a veteran of the festival that hadn't been for 20 years. Uh, we also review our experiences at Tent City in town and on the parade route. Uh, Gary drove a 100% electric car to Damascus this year, so we'll also discuss the benefits and challenges of that and talk briefly about our hike on the AT near Rome Mountain on the uh, drive up. If you follow our Into Backpacking Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook feeds, you might have noticed that we uh, recently launched the podcast on iHeartRadio, so I briefly want to call that out if you are a user of their app. And that said, here is the show. This is Bird Shooter, and I'd like to welcome back Gary Drone Boy Vaughn to the show. We last spoke with him in episode 48 about his travels on the Inca Trail in Peru, and he recently <laughs> chauffeured me to Trail Days, where I celebrated the 25th anniversary of my thru-hike on the Appalachian Trail with the class of 94, and he graciously filmed us walking in the parade, although I later found out that about 5,000 people <laughs> also filmed the parade. Thank God, because we only got the end of the parade. Exactly. Gary, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Absolutely. So, what I thought we could do first, well, should I call you Gary or Drone Boy? Do you have a preference? No, Gary. Okay. <laughs> He's more we're, we're, we're not on the trail. Okay, I got you. That's fair. Gary, thank you for making the drive uh, to the recently christened Bird Shooter Studios. Oh. You're the third live interview that we've had since its configuration. Oh, really? Yes. It's, it's much more impressive than us in uh, Glasser's basement. That's what I was saying. Yes, yes. I see we're wearing Braves attire uh, again as we had in Glatzer's basement, so <laughs> at least we're loyal to our team. Um, so anyway, uh, what I was hoping we could do today is uh, share with the listeners um, our experience at Trail Days. Yeah. And uh, we've got a live recording over here in the corner, so they can not just hear about Trail Days, they can uh, see the live podcast interview, so... Thank you for that. Pictures, yeah. Uh, do you want to give a quick plug to your YouTube channel? Because that's probably where this will show up, I guess. Uh, it's just, uh, we'll link it down below or, or wherever you download the podcast. It's it's basically, I think it's youtube.com slash Gary Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Excellent. No drone boy uh, in the uh, no. in the URL. Okay. No, I think my high school, I started out with my high school um, nickname, Kubi. Oh, but then I just changed it back to Gary Vaughn since I'm no longer in high school. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. Well, we picked a good day for this. It's a monsoon. Yes. All weekend, actually. So great day for a podcast. 
Um, so first off, let's set the table for Trail Days uh, 2019. When I said you chauffeured me to Trail Days, uh, that that was uh, legitimate. That that actually happened. You drove. I got the treatment. And you recently purchased Tesla. Yes. We were the only Tesla at Trail Days. Yes, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. Which I admit that was an experience, Gary. Uh, what what model of Tesla? It's Model Three. Model Three. Model Three. It's got it's the long range, so it's got a three hundred and ten mile range. So we were able to go from Atlanta to um, Asheville, and then Asheville to Damascus. Okay. Which I think we arrived with seventy nine miles left on the car. And Damascus is 25 miles from the Bristol supercharger. So when we got there on Friday, you know, I was kind of worried, oh, okay, how many miles is it going to phantom drain over the weekend? Because we weren't leaving until Sunday. Yep. So we were a little concerned and I pulled up a couple of apps to try and see how, where the nearest charger was. And Bristol, 25 miles away, was the nearest charger. There's no level two charger. There's no, the only thing you can do is plug into like a regular household out, outlet that gets you three miles per hour. And, and for, for the listeners that may not know, um, the Teslas are 100% battery powered. They use zero gas. They make no carbon emissions. It's incredibly quiet, uh, surprisingly peppy, I might add. Yes. Zero to 60. I think mine goes in 4.3 seconds. Wow. Impressive. And you've had this uh, Tesla for how many months? Just since September. Uh Um, So, you know, essentially all of us Tesla owners who got the Model 3 early, um, probably anywhere between, I think the first one was delivered in March. So March through October, all of us who ordered early and took delivery early, Paid about ten to fifteen thousand dollars more. Ah, okay. Bonus. <laughs> because he dropped the well, he dropped the prices okay. over the last like I think month or two. So happy to help out the the earth. Yeah, well, you're welcome, hippies. There's some pretty strong <laughs> tax credits there. Didn't you say there was like a seventy five hundred dollars? So yeah, last year there was a seventy five hundred dollar one, but since Tesla made over two hundred thousand vehicles, they've gotten the tax credit cut in half. So they're the only. Um, electric car manufacturer that gets that um, that tax credit cut in half. Everybody okay. else is seventy five hundred dollars. They're now at thirty seven fifty. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a uh, paid broadcast for Tesla. <laughs> it just happens that we took te- the Tesla to Trail Days, which was an experience in itself. And I want to talk about that a little. First of all, let's talk about the electronics and the automation, because. Um, you, I fell asleep, I guess, somewhere after Asheville. <laughs> and later I've discovered that you fell asleep at the same time, which scared the living hell out of me. I guess it was somewhere south of uh, Asheville on I-26. Do you want to talk about the automation in those Well, things? so yeah. So, so I got the autopilot, which has um, <clears throat> level two automation, which essentially means you can drive it. Your hands are on the wheel. You're supposed to be paying attention. And we were on a... I forget what highway we had just. I think we had just stopped at a dollar store because we stopped at like seven dollar stores along the way. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> That's on my list. <laughs> and um, we had stopped at a dollar store, and you kind of fell asleep, I think. And I remember looking over, going, "That son of a bitch, he's sleeping." Oh yeah. And so I wound up just closing my eyes because we were on a, st- a really straight stretch of road. There wasn't anybody around us, and I don't know if my eyes closed for thirty seconds, a minute. Could have been five minutes. I just don't know. But um, I woke up and the car was changing lanes. Um, so what happened was it, it pulled up on a car that was going slower than us. And there were two lanes. So it went to the passing lane to try and pass. 
Um, that's what woke me up. And I think you woke up shortly afterwards too, but I didn't let you know that I fell asleep until we got to. And I never slept again, Gary. I'll just have you know that that was the last time I fell asleep in your car, despite the, and just for the listeners, it's about a five and a half hour drive from Atlanta to Damascus, um, about 320 miles. Uh, but we took the long route, which we're going to talk about too. But I, I did some quick math, Gary. I'm guessing I would have dropped 117 bucks for a tank, a tank and a half of gas, right? I've got a F-150, so a big yeah. truck. How much did you spend on your electric? Total was $16. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. It was. I think our um, our longest charge, we went from, I think, 10% up to 99% in Asheville. And that got us 300 miles. And, and by the way, the Asheville, just so everybody knows, superchargers for Tesla are typically at retail stores. And where we stopped in Bristol, remember we had breakfast at Brojangles. Yes, that we was, did. That was our first, our, our first stop outside of Damascus. And then the only other charger that we hit was Asheville on the way up and Asheville on the way back. And that's at an outlet mall. Yep, and we hit Dick's Sporting Goods to load up on some last-minute supplies for trail days. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. was convenient. Um, and... You got a free charge coming down from Roan Mountain after our hike. Yes. So we went up to Roan Mountain, and I think I was at a hundred um, 140 miles at the top of Roan Mountain. And the way electric motors work is um, you get a recharge from regenerative braking. So every time you're, you brake, it recharges your battery. Well, on the downhill from Roan Mountain, I don't know how high that is. Um, what the altitude difference is, but I think we gained 16 or 18 miles on the way down. That was pretty cool to watch, actually. It kept kept gaining yeah. miles, miles on your battery. And you got a free charge at Trail Days. Do you want to uh, talk about how you scored? Because so, there's no official charge station there. Well, right? and, and, and let me thank the two security guards. So <clears throat> the last night, I think I had drained down to about 50 miles. So like I said, when we got there on, on Saturday, on Friday night, um, I think I was at 79 miles, but the Tesla has something called sentry mode, which is basically whenever somebody's standing next to the car, the cameras on the car, it has eight cameras, and they will all record anybody looking into the car or passing by the car, or if a car hits the car, it records, you know, what the, the actual accident. So that those recordings seem to have drained about 20 miles from the car. <laughs> so I was afraid the last night that Security. we would... Uh, that we would be below the 25 miles to get to Bristol. And so I asked the security guards, I you know, I saw the vendors and they had a, an outlet, just a regular 110 outlet that you have in your house and I asked them I said, um, you know, would it be okay if I pulled my car around? And and I remember the one guy, he was a big car guy. And he goes, I've never seen a Tesla. And then the other guy was kind of younger. He goes, I've never seen a car that expensive. (laughs) So we wound up taking it um, back over there. I plugged into a 110. I think when we left, I had gained, um, I had gotten up to about 40 miles, an additional 40 miles by the end of the night. It took you all night because it was just a regular trip. Took all night because it was just a 110. But that gave us the comfort. Um, You know, a lot of what people talk about is range anxiety with these electric cars. Because um, I didn't ha- necessarily have range anxiety. I just wanted to make the- sure that we could make it to Bristol. And I didn't know how many mountains we'd have to go up. Yeah. So while the car says that I have 40 or 50 miles, if we had to go back up to like a Roan Mountain kind of situation to in order to get to Bristol, we might have had a problem getting there. Sure. Uh, even though it's only 25 miles. So 
we got up to about 90 miles by the end of the uh, by the when we got there on Sunday. I got back to my car on Sunday to start to drive. We were about 90 miles, so we had plenty. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you were the only Tesla at Trail Days. Uh, on the polar opposite side of the spectrum, we, we went to Trail Days with another a long, long-time friend of Bird Shooter, uh, the Camel, who has appeared on many podcasts with us previously. He was the polar opposite. In exactly. He had a 300 F-350 diesel dually pickup truck. I think the ozone layer actually decayed while we were at trail days from him just sleeping in the truck. But the, the funny thing was the older security guard, all he wanted to do was talk about the 350 diesel yes. engine. Yeah. And the younger guy just wanted to talk to you about uh, the Tesla. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, the trail is known for bringing all types together. <laughs> it was good. I, I mean, again, I think, you know, it was funny because I think some people knew what Tesla, what a Tesla was. I think others just didn't. Um, and it was kind of interesting. And I told you on the security footage when I pulled it off, there's a bunch of uh, people just staring at it. So. <laughs> awesome kind of interesting awesome well let's talk about trail days for a second gary so this was my fifth trail days i haven't been to a trail days since 1999 um <laughs> this was your first trail first. days what, what were your expectations sort of going in um i my expectations were that it would be bigger than it actually was um and when i say that i expected like it was more like a, a small town kind of fair with tons and tons of people um, it, more than just like your 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 hometown folks, because people obviously travel from all over the U.S. to come trail days. Um, I didn't expect the first night we got there when we rolled in. It sounded like Friday Night Lights with football. Yeah, the drum circles and the yeah. cheering. Yeah, and that, asked, that was pretty cool. We asked the parking guy, and you even asked the parking guy, "Is there like a football or baseball game going on tonight?" We just heard all this cheering. And the guy just shrugged his shoulder. He goes, that's the drum circle. It'll go on until at least two. <laughs> Ten city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. So I, I, I expected a lot of what it was is what I expected. What I didn't expect was that there was such a division between the town and the, the actual tent city. Yeah. Um, and how tent city just is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It pops up. And obviously with parking and stuff. They have a lot to deal with. So the town kind of gets overwhelmed, I think, with trail days. Yeah, and I think the town, to give the town credit, town of Damascus, Virginia credit, they do a really good job, yes. I think, um, um, sort of managing what would be, oh my God, logistically. They can't have tough. more than three cops in that town on a regular basis. Yeah, but how many cops did and we yeah, see? Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. that's on my list. That we're going to talk about that. <laughs> there were cops from every county in the Everywhere. area. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was, it was interesting because, again, you know, from a municipality standpoint, I, I, I know what a, small ta- what, what a small town that is. And this probably runs their entire year. Yeah. So the the fact that we had we were even talking about it, the fact that we had great weather. Right. Um and it had rained I guess the year or two before. Oh god, we had you couldn't have asked for better weather. Yeah. We had sunshine every day. It was kind of hot on Saturday. We got one rain Saturday yeah, we did, night. We actually did have a little blast. Saturday night which was nice cuz yeah, it cooled it down the temperature. Up. 
my deodorant melted in the tent during the day. And I came back and my the tent that had some BO in it that you had given me was quite fragrant for the uh, fragrant. Oh, that's for the, right. I gave him a loner tent. Night. I yeah. forgot about that. It was kind of, you know, I got the big tent, the two person. Yeah, I had the one man. Good thing I didn't give you that. That would have been fragrant. Yeah. Um, so and you had probably seen some YouTube videos. So you kind of had a general sense of what was coming. Is that general? Right? But the parade, what was interesting about it was the parade was definitely the, the highlight of the weekend, meaning that that's where everybody kind of went to. Um, I know I had purchased some water guns for it, but I was too hot yeah. during the day to even worry about the water guns. All right. Um, while you marched in it, Roger and I kind of went to the bar um, and hung out in the air conditioning. And then I called you. I think I texted you in the middle of it. And you're right. like, come out and film us. I'm like, okay, I'll be out there in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it took us 15 minutes to get out of there because I was like, oh, I don't want to leave the air conditioning. I know. Well, you timed it perfectly. It did get hot that day. It and, was. And, you know, honestly, I had a a pretty Mac daddy water gun and I opted to not take it because I, I just didn't want to drag it all over across town. Right. It was a little bit of a hike from tent city to the, it was a lot of a yeah, hike from tent town. city up to the t- star. Well, you sent me a picture of your steps. How many steps did you get in? Didn't we walk like seven miles? It, yeah. It was like 22,000 steps. That was one day. Yeah. And then yeah. didn't we figure we, but hiked? that was at the be- That was, that was not even at the end of the day. That was at like 7 PM. Okay. And then we had walked back to, watch bands play and to grab something to eat yeah with the vendors and stuff well don't i remember it's like a, didn't you have like a seven mile total yeah walk? we had, no we had like 10 miles that day we that i day had done alone? 10 miles that day um a couple of your buddies from um the 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 father with the kid and the wife oh the fugitives yeah 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 they had um I think they had done, I think he said like 15 miles, 12 or 15 miles. Wow. I think they'd been hiking earlier though. Right? Yeah, yeah. They did. They did a lot more steps than we did, but yeah. you know, we had a good 12 mile day where, cause we had, I think that day we had walked down to see the vendors. We had had lunch. We did. Then we walked back to the tent to yep. get some cameras and stuff. Then back to town. Then back to town for yeah. the parade. And then, you know, we were all over the place. Yeah. And they do have shuttles. I mean, in all fairness, they have shuttles. And it's what? It's maybe a 10 minute walk from yeah. Tent City to town. I'm waiting for fair? scooters and stuff to hit Damascus. <laughs> cool. Like, they, like you know, the 10,000 scooters that they drop every day in Atlanta. Damascus is going to have like scooters, the electric scooters. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You're Mr. 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 No emissions. Uh, no, yeah. no emissions. I like that. How was uh, how was Trail Days different than you expected? It was I I had expected more of an organization around Trail Days. Okay. So for instance, when we got there, we didn't know where to park. We didn't know who to pay. We didn't know who to talk to. We didn't know where to go. Yeah. Um, now, granted, we did kind of arrive late, though. We were. About, it was eight thirty. Yeah, it was. About I mean, it was dark. Yeah, it was dark. But it was still eight thirty, and we were by far nowhere near the last ones to show up. No, agreed. I've got a whole section where we're going to talk about the parking because that was one thing that blew me away. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a challenge. Um, what? What did you know? Just in general, I'm hitting you with a few questions, and we're going to drill down. What, what did you enjoy the most about Trail Days? Uh, I think the just the people. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was the most fun. Is you could. It was almost, it reminded me a lot of um, when I went on semester at sea and we would, you know, it's 500 college kids on a boat and you would pull into port and everybody in town would want to meet the 500 college kids that came, you know, and these were in big cities. Like we went to Egypt, you know, Cairo and, and, and to, um, you know, in Japan, we docked in Kobe, we were in Madras in India. Right. 
So there were a bunch of places that we went and, and we were kind of the highlight of showing up. Yeah. That was what trail days was, was, you know, just these bunches of people and townspeople wanted to talk to you. Yeah. Um, when Roger and I were sitting at the bar and we were talking to the, uh, the waitress and the bartender and she was saying that the place that, that was at ran out of all the beer. Yeah. They ran out of almost every beer. They were running out of food too. Yeah. Later. yeah. And then it, what your friends like waited 40 minutes to eat and then the waitress dropped their food <laughs> And yeah. they couldn't get more food, so I, I can imagine it's overwhelming for uh, for a lot of the local restaurants. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give a quick snapshot of um, a few things I noticed at Trail Days this year, and um, and then we'll drill down on these after we talk about our ride up. But just to give the the listeners uh, a few takeaways, bird shooters takeaways from Trail Days, <laughs> and this is ha- with me not having been since since the '90s, so. The first thing I noticed was it is at least 10 times the size it was when I was last here in 1999. It has grown substantially. Is that big? Uh, it's gotten a lot bigger, definitely. Yeah, the first thing I noticed about Trail Days was just the general increase in size. And, and by that, I mean across the board, people and vendors and um, everything. Uh, another thing I noticed about Trail Days uh, this year was that really the town did a good job separating, I think, Tent City from the main festival, um, which I, I think is a good idea because it's pretty rowdy in Tent City, let's be honest. <laughs> um, I also noticed that any registered police officer when it, within about a six-county area was working trail days. There were cop cars from every county on the planet there, you know? They were all, I mean, it, essentially it was funny because wherever you went, there was a cop. Yeah, True. And I don't think it was from misbehavior from anybody. I think they just needed crowd control. Uh, agreed. I mean, I think they did a good job of managing yeah. it. I mean, I fully understand why they need the presence. Um, I also noticed that maybe hiking 40 miles into trail days on the Appalachian Trail would probably be easier than finding parking at trail days, <laughs> which is what we just discussed. Well, and, and remember... When you pull into Trail Days, there's a couple of parking lots and you can pull in. There was nobody there for us. Yeah, right. It just said lot full. And it wasn't like they even like roped it off. The tr- it was open. Lot was full. We found a couple of parking spaces, but there was nobody there to ask, can we park here? Is somebody this somebody's parking space or things of that sort? Yeah, and all the choice parking was long gone, by the way, as long well. Long gone. Um, I, I did pick up quickly that Trail Days is truly a business, no question. I mean, you could tell by all the vendors there, right? Yeah. Trail Days is definitely a party. That hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Tent City, for me, blew me away. Uh, visually, culturally, with just all the different people mm-hmm. there, even the f- they're serving food in some camps, right? Like, you know, just... You could walk up, and that's why I said about the camaraderie and stuff. You could walk up to somebody's tent, and they'd offer you food. Yeah, and, exactly. And drinks. And, you know, what other place in America... Can you walk to at a gathering of people like a parade and stuff? Yeah, where it's not vendors who are just charging you for food, but you've got people with tents and skillets and and you know cheese dishes. Yeah. Well, hey, would you remember when we first parked, right? And the the guy that we ended up parking with, he just essentially opened up his yard. Yes, yeah. just taking twenty bucks to park in yeah. his yard. But, was it um, twenty or did, was it fifty? No, nah, it was twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yeah. But um, but he probably remember- had. I would say 60, 60 cars oh, in there. Oh, my God. He made a fortune off yeah. that little 
patch of grass. I mean, it's almost worth just buying the land there just for <laughs> once a year, collecting the parking fees. No, agreed. But uh, I don't know if you remember, but we were only there five minutes, and those two girls had that giant cooler. Yeah. And it was loaded with beer, yeah. and she was trying to give me four beers out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, at that point, we were trying to carry our stuff over to Tent <laughs> City, so I, I thanked her. Eventually got one from her later. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just the nature of folks there, right? Um, a couple other things I noticed just to touch on quickly. I mean, the drum circle, it's a sporting event. Yeah. It's, it's a sporting event, man. It's unbelievable. It's... We're going to drill down on that a lot later. Um, I, I made a note here that <clears throat> sleep is for the weak yeah. or those who camp outside of Tent City. <laughs> Even you... the quiet portion of Tent City. Is not that quiet. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're half a mile away from the drum circle, but you might as well be right next to the drum circle. It's uh, yeah. it keeps you up all night. We're gonna talk about that. They do shut the drum circle down at midnight, and on Saturday it was one. But um, <laughs> I was gonna say at midnight on on Saturday, I was trying to sleep at midnight. <laughs> I'm sure you couldn't. No. Yeah. No. Um, we're gonna talk about the parade too, Gary, because I noticed the parade is like 50 percent walking and 50 percent water fight. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see that. the whole parade like like you walked in it, but Roger and I kind of came out the last minute. We walked the parade route before it started. Right. And we were just spent. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of walked into the air conditioning. It was hot. Yeah. I mean, it had to have been pushing 90 degrees either. It, I think my watch said 90 degrees, but it wasn't necessarily the degrees. <clears throat> it was the sun beating down on you. Yeah. With no shade whatsoever on asphalt. Agreed. And that's what was killing us. Yeah, two other things we're going to drill down on in the parade, too, is uh, it used to be a lot of locals were in the parade, but locals are not really in the parade anymore. No. Maybe the fire trucks and the ambulances, that's it. Um, the it, water fights yes. for the locals. Yes. And it's mainly a bunch of male hikers dressed in drag now, which it didn't used to be, too. That was, yeah. We'll talk about that Awkward. in a second. Uh, and then, you know, I think the last takeaway that I got was that when I got home and I started looking on YouTube at videos, there's more videos on YouTube and more interesting content on YouTube from Trail Days than I think on regular cable television these days. Yeah. yeah. So those were my takeaways. And anything else we should add to this discussion? Well, the, the one thing, if, if the, dr- the person who flew the drone at the parade, oh, yeah. please upload it to YouTube because to we've that. been stalking YouTube trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, that was interesting. And I haven't found it yet. I but, just remember a bunch of hikers waving at the drone over the bridge. Well, and I had my drone, but I didn't. I didn't fly it because you're not supposed to fly over people. I mean, that's one of the things. Yeah. So they might have had permission from the um, city. from the organizers in the city, and yeah. it might have been an official thing. I just don't know. But uh, you know, again, I wish I had taken out my drone and kind of flown it from an <laughs> incognito spot. Yeah. That. That. that uh, I'd love to see that footage because it was in, it was perfectly positioned yeah. over the parade. Yeah. Um, so Damascus, Virginia is where Trail Days is. We talked about that earlier. Uh, it is kind of not totally in the middle of nowhere, but certainly not. <laughs> it's very, in the middle of nowhere. It's not very convenient for someone that has an electric car. Let's be honest. No. Um, so let's talk about getting to Damascus because the drive up was half the fun, right? And back for that matter. But yeah. Um, so we left Atlanta, I guess, around 9.30 on Friday. Yeah. And it's normally a five-and-a-half-hour drive. We wanted to do some hiking, so we kind of took the scenic route uh, with a quick stop in Clayton, Georgia, for lunch. Uh, do you remember the oh, name of the restaurant? Oh, no. 
Universal joint. Universal. It was so good. It was so good. It had a charging station behind it. Um, yeah, they had a level two charger yeah. um, from a company called ChargePoint, which is, a, um, I think, a collaboration with Georgia Power. And so uh, it was like three cents, I think, for the first hour or something. <laughs> and so it, it charged – it gave us, I think, an extra 20 or 30 miles, which wasn't – you know, it, we didn't need it to yeah. get to Asheville. Asheville was really where we had to go. Right. But since we were stopping for lunch, we figured we might as well find a charging place. Sure. And this had a parking space. It had about six chargers in the back. So, and it weren't Tesla chargers, they were any charger. Right, right. So any electric car could charge up back there. It couldn't have been more convenient for where we were having lunch, and it was very fitting that right across the street was a giant Appalachian Trail sign, because there, <laughs> there was an outdoor store there, so it <laughs> sort of was like foreshadowing of our trail days to come. Um, so we, we move on to Asheville, and that's where we had to really get a charge. That was where they had a power a power charger there. You want to talk about the supercharging stations and how they're different than just taking a regular 110? Yeah, so so the 110 outlet gets you about 3 miles per hour. A level 2 charger will get you about 30 miles per hour. Um, and then the, the Tesla superchargers get you anywhere from 250 to 500 miles per hour, I think. Okay. Um, it, essentially, my car will completely charge in, I think, 40 45 minutes. Okay. Um, so it, it doesn't take that long. And when you think about it, I mean, you know, this was your first t- trip in a Tesla. Yeah. Um, when you really think about it, you're stopping for gas and you're probably stopping 20 minutes to fill up for gas because you stopped to go to the bathroom. And yeah. we all know bird shooter stops many times Me? to go to the Come bathroom. Come on. <laughs> what you talking about? Um, but, y- you know, you. you it's always in a retail location. The charger that we stopped in Asheville, I think there were 10 superchargers. When we got there, we took the last spot. There were nine other cars there. Um, so Tesla manages everybody who's in that those parking spots. They charge um, fees if you stay in the spot too long. So they're, they're trying to manage the ability of people to, to um, charge their cars because there are so many Tesla owners out there right now. So they're expanding the supercharger network. Um, Asheville was one. Bristol, when we went there, there was nobody there. Yeah, well, it was also like 8 in the morning, right, on a Sunday. It was 8 in the morning on Sunday. So it was real early, but, um, you know, I've been to superchargers in uh, Augusta um, where there's nobody. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's also been full like it was at Asheville. So, and, and typically, you know, it's funny because you kind of can tie the Trail Days community it, it's similar with the Tesla community because when you pull up, you kind of feel like you know these people. Yeah. And people will say hi to each other and people will, you know, start texting and send pictures to each other. And there's Facebook groups about Teslas and stuff like that. So yeah. the supercharger network is just one of the benefits that Tesla has that the other car companies don't. And, and I swear that this is not a paid endorsement of Tesla. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's just Gary's very excited about it. I'll his put new my ride. referral code down below. <laughs> So from Asheville, we we move on to Roan Mountain, Tennessee. For um, hikers, may recognize that as a uh, a stop on the Appalachian Trail before you get to Damascus. Um, I mean, and and actually, the back road drive there was pretty cool. I mean, it was awesome. How how glad? I mean, how often do you get to travel the back roads? Well, we tried to. You had said there was a hotel where Elvis stayed at. Yeah, and we couldn't find it, so we think it's gone. Well, I got my picture taken there in 1994, and I was on a mission to get my shot there again, like 25 (laughs) years later. But uh, Gary and I did our best to try to find the uh, 
the motel, but it's clearly been plowed. Yeah. Most of that town has been plowed, it seems, too. Yeah, and rebuilt, it yeah. looks like. You think it was worth the extra time, though, to hit the back roads? Oh, Roan Mountain with that. Um, going up Roan Mountain was just, I mean, listen, if you're going to do a road trip to trail days, yeah. make it worthwhile. Yeah, Don't just go from point A to point B. I agree. You got to stop. And, and, and Roan Mountain was a good one because you had shown me, like, where the shelter is up there. Yeah. Um, you can see it. It's a great lookout point. Got some incredible drone footage up there. Um, got some really good uh, 360 camera stuff yeah, right. up there, too, because I had that out with me. Um, we couldn't make it to the top. Yeah, they, they had the uh, road blocked off at Carver's Gap. So we ended up going to Round Bald, actually, which is northbound on the AT from Carver's Gap. Um, I hadn't been there. I don't think I'd been there in 25 years. Since I, you hiked it? I mean, I remembered how beautiful the Hump Mountains were in Tennessee, uh, and I had hiked some of that section, but um, I had forgotten how, I mean, it was only a mile and a half from the trailhead, how beautiful it was. It was, it was. I mean, it was gorgeous. We we didn't see too many people up there either. Yeah, I mean, there were a few day hikers, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't, it wasn't packed. The top. It wasn't um, packed at all. Yeah, so basically what you're telling me, Gary, is the side trip we did to Roan Mountain Despite the fact that a five and a half hour drive <laughs> turned into a twelve hour drive, was uh, was worth the uh, was worth the. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I. Roan Mountain was definitely a good one. Um, because we didn't do that was the only hike that we really did. Because on the way back we were going to do a hike. Yep. But um, we couldn't. Well, I mean, that's that's a good question for you. I mean, obviously the the reason that we did this trip was to go to trail days. But how much did the hike? improve your experience uh, just on the weekend you mean the roan yeah yeah roan mountain yeah oh i thought so if i had to trail days was definitely a highlight but roan mountain right up there yeah i mean that that what do we spend an hour there oh, an yeah. hour and a half it was, it was awesome we had a beautiful day you could see all the way to the ski resorts uh yeah. north carolina um it, it was ju- just we I had mean, a, it was clear was perfect i got some great photos up there um and I'm planning on going back, believe it or not, because it was that nice there in um, Gray's Highland, oh, where you can pet the ponies. Oh, Grayson Highlands. Grayson yeah. Highlands. Yeah, it's like around Mount Rogers. That's where I want to go. You sent me your um, the fugitives went up there. Yeah, yeah. They, there were a lot of ponies buzzing around when they were there too. Yeah. Is it, is, I mean, that's a, your first experience with this area of. of the yeah. Ramp. So I've been on the AT here in Georgia, um, probably a little bit of. Um, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, just because that's where I grew up. Um, but I've, you know, the Virginia area, the Carolinas, Tennessee, I haven't done any of the AT in, in those states. Well, and I know you grew up up north, but I think the other thing that's kind of cool about that section of Tennessee is it's, you know, five to 6,000 feet and you get the fir trees and some of the, the evergreens that you get up in New Hampshire and Vermont. So, right. So it's, that's to me is a reason alone to go. For sure. Now, if I if I did section hike, that would be one of the sections that I would do. I'd highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I've obviously been through there, but um, to continue on the AT discussion, though, we wrapped up our trip at Roan Mountain. We gained some mileage going downhill on your battery, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we hit Hampton, Tennessee, which is another stop on the AT. I, I wanted to find the um, hostel where I'd stayed uh, at the time, but we were at this point getting kind of pressed for time, right? It was starting, yeah. it was getting later in the day. We hit what our third family dollar of the uh, trip. Yeah, I think I, yeah, we got ice cream at one, we got <laughs> sunscreen at another, we got a towel at another. Beef jerky. Yeah. Yeah. But this one was the one that we made the very intelligent decision to get sandwich supplies. Oh, that was, that by was the clutch. way, Friday night. Um, 
I think this probably top 10 sandwiches I've ever had in my life Yeah, at like 11 o'clock. Yes. Um, I had a Coke and some, it was turkey and cheese. Oh my God. Thank God bread. we bought that sandwich stuff. Oh, it was so good. Well, I, I had a feeling if we it, But it in, was so bad. I mean, it's, I know. Listen, it's total crap. We I bought know. it at Family Dollar. It's probably been sitting on the shelf for a month and a half. Oh, but yeah. But, but how, it was so good. How good did it taste? <laughs> I know. I know. So, we, you know, we had correctly assumed that we were going to arrive after dark and not want to deal with cooking. Yeah. As a wannabe vegan, by the way, uh, that was, I, I think, I, I went into that, having that turkey as probably one of my first meats in like the previous six months. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a mountain house I could have fired up for you, but, uh, you know, it was just so easy. Yeah. Uh, the, the Wisconsin bro got his cooler out. We used yeah. it as a table. <laughs> Um, but you know, and also when we kind of pulled in there at sunset, um, it was reminiscent of, of my 94 hike because I had rolled in Memorial Day weekend right at sunset with the sun going down, coming into Damascus, Virginia. So that was kind of cool for me, just the arrival time. <laughs> so we basically took 12 hours to get to Damascus from Atlanta. And we got some cool moonshots that night, too. Oh, my God. The moon. Full moon. It was yeah. beautiful. Going yeah. down over the mountains and stuff. Yeah, it was beautiful. That was really nice. Awesome. So let's drill down on trail days a little bit. We kind of touched on um, on some of the, the takeaways that I took from it, but let's, let's talk in detail. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Gary, before we drill in on Trail Days 2019, I just wanted to call out to the listeners that I do have a podcast that we did about Trail Days 1995. Here's the sales portion. Yeah, <laughs> the into backpacking sales pitch. Encourage the listeners to go back and listen to that, but it's very different in that it was my uh, one-year anniversary of the hike, uh, this being my 25th. And in that one, I actually interviewed a bunch of the uh, through hikers at Trail Days. So you can hear just what they had to say about their hike that the previous year. And in going through different parts of the United States on the trail. Uh, but this is obviously a little different because we're talking about more about trail days itself and less about the Appalachian Trail. So this was my fifth trail days. I mentioned that earlier. Um, I attended during my through hike in 1994. And then again, as I said, for my one-year anniversary in 95. Then again in 98 and 99. <laughs> but I haven't been since. And it has certainly exploded big time. Okay, um, compare the outhouses today versus the outhouses from like your first one. Uh, there was maybe a outhouse in the first one, <laughs> and they did have that building which you saw near the mill, that white building, yeah, with the restrooms. Yeah, so it was like a male female. But we didn't use any of that. Yeah, because it was so far away. Yeah. But in '94, really all the way through the '90s, you used to be able to camp right on the river in town. Oh, okay. And uh, that was where I had you take that shot yeah. of me. Yeah. Uh, but they, there were some tents around there, but they must have had special permission. For yeah. the most part, the whole area was 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 nobody there. Well, and, and by the way, if people want to shower, just to get kind of to the restroom situation, you do have outhouses for the most part. Um, the town sometimes has some restrooms and some of the bars and stuff like that. But if you want to shower, there's free showers at the pool. Yeah, that's true. So, I, And, you know, honestly, we pitched our tents fairly close to the the portalettes, which was a concern, but we arrived so late there wasn't anywhere else to pitch. Well, we did. And, and what was funny was I didn't smell them until the second day. Oh my God. When that truck started emptying them. It was brutal. And what I don't, what I never understood, I've always thought they pulled like, you know, they put a hose at the bottom of outhouses and sucked them out. No, they put a freaking hose right into the hole that you pee or poop in Ugh. and just suck it. That guy, 
Whoever does that, by the way, they don't they don't get paid enough. I would agree no. 100%. Just on because one. you I mean that smell. You got to go home smelling like that stuff too. Yeah, there was an hour or two where you may have thought there was BO in my tent, but let me just tell you, there you was know. an hour or two where you didn't want to be in that area. Yeah. No, that that was why I was glad that my deodorant melted and it was so fragrant inside my tent. Refreshing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Do you want to talk about the family camping area, actually? Because that's where we had camped. And I think I got some drone footage of that stuff, too. Yeah, the family was, tenting that was, that was actually pretty cool. I was trying to get drone footage of the entire area, but when you flew over the regular tent city, they're all in the woods. You couldn't see it. Yeah, you couldn't see it at all. So while well, I flew my drone, it's just around tent city and stuff. We got kind of the valley in there and stuff. Um, it's kind of cool. The first night we wound up, uh, tenting and just kind of camping next to a father and daughter. Yeah. And so when we walked up and we were pitching our tent, the guy was like reading with his headlight on and stuff. And, um, he's like, what's that noise? And we told him it was the, the, drum, the circle. drum circle. And so he and his daughter went over there. Well, we encouraged them. They yeah. weren't, they weren't going to yeah. go. We're like, oh yeah. man, you got to check it out. It's an experience. Yeah. And they were kind of him and hawing. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to go, but they we were talked scared them out of their minds. I think to we go. talked them into it though. Yeah. And do you remember their response when they came back? They said it was awesome. Well, didn't they get in the they, drum circle? Like, yeah. They went the wrong way and they screwed it up. They said, <laughs> yeah. and I said, did someone kill you? And she was like, no, nobody even paid any attention to that's us. Hilarious. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. So, um, you know, there were definitely some psychedelics probably used at the drum circle as well. Oh, you think so? Just a few. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I didn't really see any any use of anything, really. I mean, it, it seemed like everybody was pretty well behaved for the Yeah, there were I, I think there were three people that I that I ran into who were exceedingly um obliterated, <laughs> let's just say. Oh. Uh inebriated. But um, one of the guys, you know, he was a little bit older and he had definitely had just too much to drink. Oh yeah. Okay. And it was mostly at night and, and, you know, we, we hung out with people that we knew yeah. at night. So we didn't kind of get into, you know, going around and meeting people or being at the drum circle and stuff like that. Yeah. We so. were hanging out with a lot of people that I'd hiked with. Right. Right. But right. you know, one of the first things I noticed, uh, to, to talk about when we got set up at camp, right? Yeah. Uh, all these all these vans kept pulling up that were shuttles, yeah, and these yeah. people just kept rolling out of the rolling vans with the like vans. a twelve pack or a case, and yeah. they were just all headed toward Tent City. Yeah, what what became clear to me that Friday is really the big night. Cause, Friday was way bigger than Saturday. Yeah, I would agree, and that's interesting. You would not think that would be the case. Well, my guess is, and and just with talking to some of the vendors at the vendor tents, when um, I think I was just walking around, and you and Roger were somewhere else. I forget, but okay. I remember talking with a vendor at the um. Salomon, was it? No, Osprey tent. Okay. The, yep. the Osprey tent. Got their patch. Um, yeah. I have, I have one of their packs. Yeah. And I'm, I'm um, a fan. Bird they were telling me that uh, Friday is definitely much bigger than Saturday because what happens is people roll in on Friday and then they go do a hike on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they do the parade. Yep. And then the Saturday into Sunday, they hike and camp somewhere else. Okay. So once the parade's done, the town pretty much empties out, and Tent City is about half of what it was. It definitely seems smaller, and the activity on Saturday night seems smaller, actually, on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that it, it surprised me, and just for listeners, and I don't know if this will be a long-term situation, because cell phone coverage keeps getting better and better. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, surprisingly, if you had AT&T especially, you, you were not getting a call out. None. And Verizon worked, but the problem was I think there was so much overload on the cell towers, right? So the the thing that I know about cell towers is they're they're designed for a number of users 
and they're designed based on the number of users that regularly use them. So for instance, when you go to a stadium and you notice that you don't have cell coverage, it's because there's 100,000 people at the stadium right. and this do essentially the cell tower is not meant for 100,000 people in that one area. Right. That's what Damascus was. But I think it was totally different for AT&T. I think AT&T just had no service. Yeah. But for Verizon at four in the morning, I was uploading drone videos. Yeah. So I had pretty good service. At, so so you know, it worked late night when everybody it, went to bed. It did when yeah. everybody was in bed and their phones were off and, and things were just, you know, nobody was surfing the internet. I could get decent signal. It wasn't great. It right. was, you know, definitely um, not uh, like speedy in the least. But you could surf, you know, Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And I even tried to search Trail Days, the hashtag on Instagram. Okay. It's not that big, believe it or not. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. And I think it's because of this L coverage. Okay. People would probably be, you know, again, just if anybody in Damascus is listening, Probably be a good thing for you to work with the the cell carriers to try and get some Wi-Fi at that location and try and expand your reach a little bit for outside of the AT. Yeah, I think the um, the Instagram account for Appalachian Trail. I think they were there, um, and they had made mention of the same thing. So well, you know, one one of the ways it affected us though is I had a, a number of people that I through hiked with in '94 had come back, and there were yeah. some specific people we were trying to meet up with, and we couldn't connect. You couldn't. Yeah. And so we ended up setting our tents up, um, and they were a hundred yards away, and we yeah. didn't even know it. We didn't, we didn't figure it out yeah. for like two hours, right? Yeah. Then eventually they, we were able to get a text to each other. Never could get a call. No. Um, and then they came over and we found them. And then we ended up hanging out there. Um, yeah, that was a little frustrating because you'd think with that many people, I mean, it doesn't take much to set up a Wi-Fi signal or yeah, no some agreed. type of repeater or something. Yeah, and for the listeners, um, the tent city is basically where the Damascus ball fields are. That's probably the best way to describe where the area is. Um, there is a family camping area which is supposed to be family-friendly and quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and they do allow you to consume a beverage there, but for the most part, everybody's pretty quiet. Yeah. The um, family area, they were real respectful. Yeah, very. It was just, it was, you know, a half a mile away from the drum circle. Yes. <laughs> the tent city itself is really in the woods. You can't see it from it's the air wild. at all. And it's, until you get back there, it's hard to explain. Um, it, it's, it's huge, first of all. Yeah. Massive. There's tents everywhere. It's it's like one of those um, older kind of, I mean, what would you say, uh, like the troll kind of areas? Yeah, it's like like a druid forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I put crazy. some I put some notes in here just to kind of try to give you a sense of, of what it was like. It was the biggest surprise for me, actually. And it, for, by the way, we walked. I don't know how far you went, but I know we walked just kind of the main area. Right. It goes up into that mountain. The guy that t that camped next to us on Saturday night, right. he came down from the mountain because he had his hammock up there and that, he slept there. But he said it was just too loud for him. Even up in the mountain, he said people were just walking around at 3 and 4 a.m. And he couldn't get sleep in his hammock. So he decided to pitch his tent down, um, down near us. But he said a good, you know, four or 500 yards up the mountain. People were still camping. Well, I heard some other people complaining too that people were peeing all over the place too. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they had gotten. There were a number of folks I noticed that left Tent City and came over into the family campground um, yeah. the next night we were there. Um, but the biggest surprise for me, I mean, honestly, Tent City blew me away. It was a visual experience, especially awesome. at night. I mean, it, there's lights. 
the amount of I don't know what they're not really Christmas lights. They're those kind of LED lights. Yeah. That sort of almost just completely surround the camp. I think somebody had some solar panels out there. It like, was amazing. With a battery, like, getting some electricity or something. Yeah, well, so the whole forest is lit up, though, yeah. right? And then you've yeah. got all these little mini camps, and all the little mini camps have um, a group of people sitting around a campfire. And some of them had full kitchens. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, but, you wild. know, it just sort of reminded me of a bunch of peasants in, like, England, sitting around campfires, yeah. like, you know, uh, playing music and yeah. just having their good times. Yeah. And, uh I mean, it, it, what, what's interesting is I would have expected more drunkenness to go on, but it it wasn't like that at all. No, I would agree. It was very respectful. I would agree. Outside of hearing the stories of people peeing next to each other, <laughs> um, I, I think everybody in Tent City used the outhouses. Yeah, well, I would, that's no question. And you would see a lot of people from, from Tent City coming through our campground going to the outhouses. Right. But, you know, clearly there were people that weren't. Um. And then I think the other thing is just how elaborate some of those camps were. You remember, like, uh, yeah. we took a couple pictures of them, but... Um, they had definitely set up... It took them more than a couple of hours to set things up. Yeah, yeah. They had signs, lights, um, chairs. I mean, we're talking, like, full-on wood, um, like, patio furniture. Yeah, well, there were some pretty impressive stacks of firewood, too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how many campfires I counted back in there, but there had to have been like 40 or 50. I mean, it was unbelievable. I came out of there smelling like smoke. <laughs> Definitely. And then you had the big, massive drum circle um, fire. Do you, you want to, how do you, how, can you describe that experience around the drum circle? We so, sort of already touched on it. So the drums are, um, so if you've ever seen like a pig roasted, um, they're on those type of spigots. It's three, basically, if you've ever seen, um, uh, chemicals uh, in big storage containers, which, by the way, I want to touch on to remind me because it's a super fun site where Tent City is. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Remember oh, when we saw that? Yeah, well, uh, the camel was standing yeah. next to the sign. Yeah, well, remember that we saw it was a um, a lead factory or something like that? So we're basically camped factory? on a, su- a super fun site? Yeah, we were. well, we were camped. I guess they have the area um, fenced off where is the super fun site. Oh, nice. But you're right next to it, so you're breathing in all the chemi- You know, who knows what we were like breathing in, what we were eating, what we were doing. But maybe that explains the rowdiness around the drum circle. Yeah, but to get back to the the drum circle, so you've got these um, big chemical uh, plastic containers that are on these spigots. There's three drums per spigot, and they can swing them around. They can beat on them. They can beat on the top. They can beat on the side. They can beat on the bottom. They can do whatever they want to these uh, the, these big plastic containers, and the sound travels. Oh my God, does it travel? Um, well, it's almost kind of trapped down in that in that hollow, right? So I yeah, mean, it just uh, well, if you, and if you know anything about audio bass, um, like for instance, in your surround sound, uh, you know you have your five speakers, and typically your speakers are placed around the room to get different perspective of sound right the bass speaker the subwoofer you can place that anywhere so bass is omnidirectional and it travels everywhere and what's interesting is as they're beating on these drums because you're in a valley it just beats everywhere (laughs) i mean that bass carries it's impressive i I was shocked that my car the century mode and the tesla didn't go off from the base of the drums (laughs) Um, but it was, it was, it was impre- impressive. Definitely. Yeah, and they, they do, sh- they, the first night they shut it down at midnight. Cause I looked, they at shut it right down at, yeah. at midnight. And the second night they shut it down at one. And, and I actually thought they were going to shut it down at midnight. So I, 
encouraged our group to go do a, a late night walk through. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I had already gone to bed. Oh, man, I had to have it. It was yeah. just such an experience to go through there at night. Did you tape it? Uh, yeah, I've got some good video, that, okay. which I'll have to put up. But, yeah. I mean, you, you saw all the people twirling fire and uh, and dancing and chanting and the mobs of people. And, yeah. Uh, one of the dudes I was filming, one of the guys was trying to get me to come in. I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that that was definitely a experience, uh, an experience, I should say. So one of the other takeaways I had from this, and I mentioned it earlier, is that sleep is for the week, right? If you want to sleep yeah. at trail days, would you well, recommend I think, camping I, near I think Tenson? Roger woke you up at 6 a.m. on Sunday, right? Yeah, I actually, shook your tent. I actually slept pretty well, to be honest. I be honest with you. Once the drum circle stopped, right. I was fine. Yeah, well, it wasn't that loud, really, no. once it stopped. Once it stopped, um, there were some people who would walk past your tent, and you'd wake up. You know, I'm kind of a light sleeper. Yeah. But uh, the temperature was perfect. I yeah. think the temperature was really nice. Um, the only problem was, Friday night was definitely easier to sleep than Saturday night. Um, and I think I may have just been exhausted from the drive. Right. Uh, Saturday, I was definitely exhausted from walking all that way and stuff, but I got a good, you know, six hours in, per night. It wasn't anything like crazy, but if you wanted to sleep late, you can't sleep late. Then. No, you cannot. Well, you know, that uh, Sunday morning, everybody was up early. I mean, everybody was just God. packing up to leave. Yeah, you got up at 630. I could have easily slept another two hours. Yeah. Roger, Roger, uh, shook your tent at six o'clock. I remember. Oh, I remember. You didn't shake my tent. I remember. But then I was like, come on, we're going. Let's go. I'm awake. Yeah, it took us like an hour to get packed <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm shocked. I know you didn't sleep on the way back, but I know you wanted to sleep. You yeah, just couldn't there's no sleep. way. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like letting you fall asleep at the same time. I would have been fine. Gary, you can't talk about trail days without talking about the parade. Yeah. And so I mentioned this earlier, but the parade is what? 50% walking, 50% water fight? Um, are you... Are, are you glad that you didn't take a gun? I guess that's my question. You know, looking back on it again, it kind of lived my life kind of, you only live once, so you might as well experience it. Yeah. Uh, at the point in time where I was so hot, it was hard to think like that. Right. Um, I was glad once I got out there that we had the GoPros and stuff, um, seeing the fi- the water cannon from the fire truck. Yeah. Um, but I wish I had participated more. Now that I'm, you know, back here and I'm in air conditioning and I'm, I'm finally relaxed. Right. But at that time, it was just, I, I wish I would have had a water gun, but I probably would have drank all the water out of the water gun because <laughs> I was so hot. I, I had a very large, massive uh, water gun, and I was going to take it, <laughs> but I didn't just because I got lazy and didn't want to haul it all over town. Um, but I did notice if you had a water gun in the parade that you were you got flooded. You, you were a target. Yeah, yeah. The kids in town definitely like it. Yeah, and I had a hard time um, keeping my electronics dry as it was. Yeah, even with no water gun in my hand, um, and I was trying to do some filming and taking some pictures. So um, I, I think that's the challenge if you um, were to take a water gun. Don't try to film anything. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, if you got a GoPro. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't that's matter. True. You're right. You got the and, thing on your and head. most of the new phones are are waterproof. But I wasn't too worried about it. I would have been worried if I had the drone. Like that guy with the drone, he got close to that water, that fire truck, and I was like, "Send it up, send it up." <laughs> so let's talk about that. Actually, at the end of the parade, at least this year, and I don't know about years past, but they they bring the fire trucks through. Yeah, and that thing is like a water cannon. 
It, it is, got uh, Roger, I think. It soaked him. <laughs> yeah. There's no playing around with that thing. You know, uh, I will say that um, what I have noticed, it's very different now than in the 90s when I used to come to trail days, is in the 90s, there used to be a lot of locals in the parade. Yeah. You know, they'd have the local different men's groups, and they'd have a lot of military, and they'd have, you know, a, a beauty pageant group that would come through. They'd have bands. It was more your traditional um, kind of local county parade, you yeah. know. Um, and they might have the Shriners in their little cars. I think the Shriners are the ones that did that, right? So right. I, I remember all that in the 90s. But now the parade is like 98% hikers. Well, and, and what I noticed was it was your 25th year. And so your group, in my mind, should have been out front. There were a couple of people before you yep. because they were older hikers who yep. would, um, you know, they go by year. Right. But I also noticed that I guess 2019, the the guys today, yeah. who were the cross dressing, yeah, um, they got behind, they got directly behind us. They got, yeah, they they pulled up front, yeah, which was actually kind of cool because they were so they were energetic, they were energetic, and there were tons of them. And then yeah. in the water fight, it was a lot more active because of them, and that you could tell that they had just gotten off the trail. Yeah, many of them had their first shower in quite a while. Yeah, probably they were they had some energy. They were probably getting that first shower from the water cannons. Right, actually. right, exactly. But no, but you're right. Traditionally, the 2019s would go at the end. At and the end, it'd be by year. I'm yeah. not sure how that got jumbled. It was a little bit. There's not a lot of room where they start the parade. And right. Everybody's sort of just crammed in there. Right. So again, I think it was just not organized. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it was yeah. Very I, well. I, I mean, I don't. There was no like official. I didn't see somebody going around right. putting people in place. It'd be nice with something this big to have officials kind of, you know, do a little bit more than just okay. What are we doing? But the, I, I was impressed with the number of hikers that were hiking. It was crazy. Let me rephrase that: the number of hikers that were on the parade out. Yeah, I mean it was it was massive. And then at the very end, where we're at the bridge shooting back with a picture of all the people. We've got some photos and video of that. I, I mean, I just—it's amazing. It's like the yeah. whole street all the way through town, as far as you can see, is hikers. Yeah. yeah. But um, and then I don't know when the dressing and drag started. Um, one of the fugitives was saying it actually tied back to our year. At Appalachian Trail, with the Trail guy is. that you said jumped on, and he got yeah, he got arrested a, for. I find that hard to believe. That story is just hard to believe, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a beauty. Uh, they called it Missed Appalachian Trail Days. <laughs> I actually participated in it. Fortunately, I did not make the finals. <laughs> uh, I was dressed up as Tool Time Tilly, like yeah. the local hardware lady. Yeah. And um, un- unfortunately, there was some uh, exposure that happened on stage <laughs> that got one of the hikers arrested in drag. Yeah, and he went to jail apparently. And, uh, so I, I don't know if there's any truth. To I that find it hard to believe that people are cross dressing or dressing in drag today based on a protest that happened 25 years ago. My particular opinion is that people were doing it for attention. Yeah, <laughs> um, and to stand out. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't find anything necessarily wrong with that. But. Um, I, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I I think at the end of the day, um, I think everybody was just having fun. But, you know, you, you don't see anybody from 94 right. or earlier dressing right. in drag. And that's what's interesting. Again. So there, the, the, the theory is plausible. Plausible. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Gary's shaking his head like probably not, not accurate. I mean, yeah. come on. Some, some, think about it. If 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 it was a protest for something that happened 25 years ago, wouldn't there be something in some Appalachian Trail group about, hey, show up to protest this kind of thing? Yeah, you're probably right. 
you know, like it's just my pride for uh, you know my twenty fifth year is what <laughs> yeah, it is. Although yeah. I will say, I thought we had one of the better banners out there. So. You did have a good banner. Yeah, we have had that banner for some time. I'm not sure who gets credit for that. Um, hey, so let's let's talk about the the actual core event, which really takes place in the city, which is very family friendly, right? Yeah. And that is the um, you know really the 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 vendors the. Um, Food trucks, the the music, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really good music, actually. Yeah, I think there was a hiker talent show too. Great situation to take a family to. Seems like a lot of the locals really embraced it. And there's no drinking. Yeah, there's no drinking. In fact, we should probably call out that you're not allowed to drink anywhere outside of Tent City. Right. And if you do drink in Tent City, it's got to be in a cup. And that, by the way, was the best thing that the organizers did. I think. I agree. Again, it, it was completely unorganized for most of it. But I think everybody respected that you couldn't drink at the um, at the vendor day. Yeah, I think it was pretty pretty well yeah. um, well uh, monitored monitored and followed through yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so let's first talk about the actual uh, vendors themselves. I mean, did, did you touch on any new gear that was exciting to you? Or I didn't touch on anything new. You're not no nothing, huh? I'm not a guy, you know. I'm more impressed with camera gear than camping gear. <laughs> I had to borrow a tent from you. You like your electronics, yeah. man. Yeah, that was only the second time I've ever slept in a tent, by the way. Dude, this is the man that hiked the Inca Trail. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, that was my first time sleeping in a tent. In Peru. <laughs> in Peru. Yeah. So this was the second time in a tent. I love it. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I was eyeing a few new pieces of gear. Um, there was some interesting super lightweight tents. Oh, uh, yeah. Those quilts look quilt really interesting. Instead of, a, instead of a sleeping bag, yeah. Yeah, so if, I mean, if you're interested in, in just finding new creative ways to cut weight when you're backpacking, Go uh, to trail oh my days. God, man. And yeah. every major backpacking vendor is certainly represented. Yes. In fact, it was funny because my friend, she, um, she's been looking for a backpack because she's going hiking through Asia. Not hiking, but just vacationing through Asia and stuff. And she was looking for a specific bag and specific features. And so I went from from backpack vendor to backpack vendor and couldn't find anything for her. But at least I was there with the people to ask the question with. Yeah, and if you like stickers, you can collect stickers. You got a lot uh, of stickers. I collect. I'm not a sticker it, so. guy. Yeah, uh, I cover uh, all my uh, backpacking storage uh, lockers <laughs> with uh, with lots of of uh, gear stickers. So, um, what about what about the actual sort of music food? Uh, shows. I mean, we didn't spend a ton of time there. We didn't spend a lot of money there. We didn't spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Um, what was interesting was, uh, I will tell you, I don't think that there were too many healthy options. Oh, for food? Good food place. It, whether you're in town or at, at the vendor um, food carts. Um, we de- It was definitely not a weekend where uh, an aspiring vegan um, enjoyed himself food wise. Yeah, well, that's pretty typical of most festivals. I think so. Yeah. I think, but usually in a town, you can find something. Yeah, but, well, uh, that was another thing that we should point on is that um, if if anything's within walking distance and you're trying to hit a restaurant there, yeah, you're gonna wait. You're gonna. It's <laughs> you're gonna wait. Although those ladies outside the church served up some pretty good like morning. Biscuits. Everybody was so nice. Yeah, and they were like, "Take a free Danish." Yeah, I was like, "Danish done." <laughs> yeah, that's right. I actually threw him some money though yeah yeah oh, and we should actually talk about you know we we kind of harped on the parking earlier but um one of the ministry groups uh did allow yeah our friend 
the camel, Roger, to park yeah. his monster truck. Took up five spaces. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he made a donation to them, a, a generous one, which I think was deserved. That was Saturday night, just to be clear. Yeah. I don't think they had room on Friday night. Uh, yeah, that's Had true. he needed to park that truck somewhere, yeah. I think he would have been walking from in town. Yeah, Did, were you aware of that ministry group like does free haircuts? They do feet washing. They give, do give everything. Socks. I I thought it was a restaurant when we first pulled up, and, and the first night I yeah. didn't know it was a ministry group until the second day. Yeah, but they do everything free. Well, and I think they give you free food too. Yeah, well, there's actually a fair amount of groups that uh, are pretty generous at Trail Days. Yeah. That's another thing we haven't yeah. talked about at all. Yeah. Um, you think you'd like to sign up for the feet washed feet washing to no, help? I don't think so. In the future, I don't think so. You're not a good Christian. I'm a, I'm an okay Christian, <laughs> but I I don't think that I'm touching anybody's feet. If you've seen some of the people that showed up for free foot uh, washing, yeah. you got to be Mother Teresa <laughs> to freaking wash those feet. Especially if after they've been beat up for months exactly. on the trail. Exactly. No, that's accurate. Even the haircut, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, really? No, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> Uh, I will say, in terms of we were talking about vendors earlier, I think there was maybe five vendors when I was there in 1994, and there had to have been over 60 this time. Oh, it was easily. I mean, it was you know, a lot of different types of vendors. You had, not only did you have vendors at Tent City, right. you had the vendors down down at, near the um, the main event downtown. Yeah, you're right, because we met uh, John Johnny yeah. Malloy, who's one of the big guidebook authors. And, and that's another point. It's not just gear vendors. It's uh, you know book authors and YouTube superstars. Yeah, and, yeah. Everything's going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, you again. You look up Trail Days 2019 on YouTube. There's got to be 30, 30 different like edited videos. Yeah, I would. That shocked me. I didn't see that coming. Did you? I didn't see them there. I didn't see anybody taking video there. Usually, you can spot like one of these influencer folks. Um, you know, even in New York City, Casey Neistat when he's like you know flying through on his uh, boosted board, you can see him everywhere. So you, so you didn't see any videos before you I went? I didn't see anybody taking videos. Uh, that would have kind of ruined your whole experience there if you had seen a bunch, though, in advance, wouldn't it? Well, probably. Yeah, because the, yeah. the element of I didn't know. I, when I when you first asked me a few weeks beforehand, yeah. I don't think I, I even hesitated. I said, done. When no, are we going? When are we didn't. leaving? You didn't. And I didn't look at it. I didn't want to know about it. I didn't. You had sent me the webpage. I didn't look at the webpage until I had to figure out, okay, can I make it there with the Tesla? Yeah. That was the only thing I looked at was that webpage in the parking areas. And that was it because I was afraid um, if we're parking on lawns and stuff – is my car going to bottom out? Because there's little no clearance. So. Dude, that that we talked about this on the way. That is the one reason I could never have a Tesla, unless I had another car. Right? Is, you know, I spend so much time on so forest, much time on forest, forest roads. roads. Right? Teslas are not friendly for forest roads. Well, now now the X, the Model X is oh, the Model an, Three is an, not. You do SUV. have air suspension okay. on the Model X where you can raise it and stuff, and I think the S does too. Ah. Um, where you can raise it, and their new pickup truck that they're coming out with next year, right, should be impressive because them and Rivian, not a paid endorsement, not for a paid endorsement, Tesla Enterprises. Well, remember Rivian is not; they're a competitor to Tesla. Oh, I guess but they're coming out with a pickup that's super impressive. Okay, so gotcha. I'll send you those uh, those so you can see it. It's going to be impressive. <laughs> it's specifically meant for off-road. Dude, you're a total car guy. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm an electric car guy. Yeah, you are. Yeah, That's true. Not a car guy. So, um, Gary, I'm going to give you a few uh, com- comparisons to 1994. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually going to make you guess how okay. the trail 
in Trail Days is different today than 1994? Shoot. Uh, well, you, you get to participate. You get to like, just throw some things out there about yeah. what's different. Oh, I get to throw out there? Yeah. What? what just if you were to guess. Oh, well, in 1994? Yeah. So in 1994, I had just gotten back from uh, my trip around the world, semester at sea. Uh-huh. So I know there was no email. I know there were no cell phones. You just hit hit one of the items on my list, technology. Yeah. And the ways hikers communicate, because back in 94... There was no check-in process either. Well, I mean, you had shelter registers or a southbound hiker that was coming the other way. That was right. the only way you could get a message to someone right. else. You know, now you've got technology, you can send a text, you can call. just didn't exist. You could literally, if you didn't have a tent or your tent ripped yeah. back in your day... You had to find a tent store right. or find somebody to get you a tent. Today, if you're on the trail and your tent rips, order it from Amazon and pick it up at the post office the next stop. You know, you're on you're on the track to a second item that you've hit correctly on my list. <laughs> Gear? Gear. It's yeah. much better. What was what, your pack? Your pack weighed 45, 50 pounds? Uh, I started at 57. Yeah. Which was not outrageous for the time. But today it could get down to what, 35? Uh, I mean, I think 30? some of the, I think most of the hikers are hiking with 30 or less. Yeah. And some of them are hiking with 20 or less. Wow. Um, I, I would say probably a lot of them are. Probably depends where you are. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's cold, you're going to need more, more, more. So you could basically be in bad shape today. And do <laughs> a fat guy like me, yeah, I could probably make this happen if that's what you're saying. Um, I think another thing, well, here you're two for two. What else you got? For um, uh, I, I distant, I mean, my guess is that you could probably do greater distant, like faster times, dude. The guy is three for three, you yeah. can't stop drone boy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I watched that Netflix documentary where the guy did it in like four days or something. I mean, some crazy time. The Appalachian Trail. No, he did. It wasn't four days. That's an exaggeration. Talking about, but he did it. I think at thirty. You could probably do it in thirty or forty now. Yeah, Yeah. I think he he ran it for the most part. The Netflix documentary. I think the guy ran it in thirty days. I think he did somewhere around there. But like two days late after the documentary was released, some other guy beat it. I know. So they're all beating it as far as time-wise. So I think, you know, 1994, you didn't have anybody who was doing it for time. Well, I mean, you're... So, ding, ding. Three for three, drone boy. (laughs) Uh, Basically, you're right. Like, uh, hikers are going faster today. I mean, you got the speed hikers that are doing it unsupported that are knocking out those insane times. But, you know, just your average hiker, you know, my day, six months was pretty normal. Most of them are doing it in five months now, and most of them are doing it less, and... It's just because the gear's lighter, which you had said earlier. But I think, you know, from a, a, a safety standpoint, you know, or, or support standpoint, you know, what do they call it? Trail magic? Right. I think there's a lot more today than there was in your day. Dude, you're on a roll. <laughs> you're four for four. I actually had tra- trail angels are better organized and there's more of them. Yeah. So um, that's pretty good for just shooting from the hip. Like, I know. Uh, um, let's see what else I got. What about numbers? This is this is a throwdown. It's too obvious, but uh, numbers. Yeah, like number of people on the trail. Oh, there's so many more today. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's it's so much. You go out for a day hike today, like for instance, last year when I went to um, Blood Mountain. I think yeah. it was uh, somewhere at the beginning of April, uh, end of March, and I remember there must have been 15 people starting their their track, and while I was hiking, they were passing me. 
and we talked about it and they're like, yeah, we just started and we spent the night here and now we're going up, blah, blah, blah. In your day, you probably wouldn't have run into anybody well, starting I mean, their hike. To give you some real numbers, so um, I went to the, you know, I'm, uh, this is my 25th, so it's an emotional year for me. Here we go. But I went to, uh, I went to um, Amicola Falls State Park in, um, in April this year at the same time that I through hike 25 years ago and um the guy told me that there were 34 people that had checked in that were headed for springer that night right and in my year there was like seven of us in the shelter wow so there's a lot more pressure on shelter use now um so i don't think there's any question about that and there's certainly a lot more people on the trail at least earlier in the you know georgia north carolina tennessee probably even into virginia areas until the shakeout kind of starts happening. So yeah. there's just a lot more people out there. Agreed. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It does put more pressure on the trail. Well, but, yeah, um, that movie with Nick Nolte and, and what's his name? Oh, um, uh, Nick Nolte and uh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Into the Woods, I think it was called. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that movie. Yeah, listen, my, my parents watched that movie, and my dad's like, I'm doing the Appalachian Trail. That's funny. He was loving it. He, you know, yeah. And I just read, well, I didn't read it, but I saw on an Appalachian Trail Facebook group that I'm a part of, there was a guy who started hiking with his father and his son. His father was 80 years old, and they had video of him doing... Uh, 10 push-ups at oh, the yeah? start of the trail and they were just starting the trail. Okay. Yeah, so. I think the uh, I think the uh, fairly recently 81, 82, I think is the oldest through hiker that's yeah. uh, and that was within the last few years. Yeah, and you, we met that guy who was a triple crown. Oh my god, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. He uh he had what double cr- triple crowned, right? Yeah. He just finished I think the Continental AT Divide, yeah. the AT and the John Muir twice. Yeah. And I think he had just twice finished. each. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing the Appalachian Trail again. Yeah. He just kind of, what did you say? He was in his late seventies or something. Late seventies. Through hiking, addictive baby. I've heard yeah, that before. He loved it. My guess is that that you know he owns everything that he has on his back. So he had a big support group with him. Good though, way right? to live. Yeah. Yeah, because Roger and I were sitting over there with him, and there was probably fifteen, twenty. Of he had his a family. lot of people around him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, and that actually leads into one of the other things I wanted to call out here. What's what's different in 2019 versus 1994, and that is, I don't know if the through hiker community existed back then like it does now. No, I mean there there was certainly a through hiker community, no doubt. Well, I mean that's just you can organize better today than you could back then. Well, I just think there's a lot more in the community than there used to be. Um, you know, really, I don't know if through hiking really came into fashion until the nineties yeah, or maybe even after, but now it's, um, it's a thing. I don't know if it was really as much of a thing before, you know, people, you know, challenge themselves now to do epic things. And yeah. I think back then you did it cause it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it's anybody that sets out probably has the same thing in their mind. They're looking for a sense of adventure. They're looking for change. They're looking for maybe some inner, uh, inner soul searching, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's never changed, but I just think the number of people that are out there doing it without a doubt is just significantly larger yeah. and it's much better publicized than it was in the past. Oh, yeah. Well, um, and, and listen, you do it for the gram today too. Yeah. Do it for what? Do it for the gram, the Instagram post. <laughs> that's funny. That, yeah, that would never. That would not be a motivator for me, man. No, no, that would not be a motivator for you. But 
for a lot of people these days, and, and my guess is, um, you know, I watched this one kid on uh, YouTube who posted like an hour, it was almost a two-hour movie of him hiking the entire Appalachian Trail. Oh, really? He's from Australia. Okay. And he flew over here, did the Appalachian Trail last year, not this year. Yeah. Um, great movie. Got me excited to do the trail at some point. I don't think I'll ever do a through hike. I think I'll do the section hike. Um, just because there's a lot of sections of the Appalachian Trail that I could probably care less about. Well, I mean, I think to your point, though, that, that certainly has been a big um, proponent in, in driving a larger thru-hiker community, right? Yeah. Because you know, there's so many videos out there, I think, that are inspiring. And you, well, just, you, and you didn't have that 25 years ago, right? Glatzer, Shane, and I went up to uh, Indian Seats. Um, I think it was uh, Sitting Indian. Okay. I think it was last year. And we had met a girl who just started hiking again. She was from Germany. She had done it all the way to Indian Seats, had to, got sick, had to fly back to Germany. It was actually cheaper for her to fly back to Germany, get medical care. Wow. And then come back and do the hike again. God, that's interesting. So she, yeah, she took a three week, uh, just to Hiatus. basically, yeah. Yeah. So she came back and she said she was starting from there again. Hmm. Well, good so, for her for coming back because you know that's not a small commitment. No, no, and and especially you know I I didn't we didn't ask her what had happened to her, but yeah, um, we think it was like a broken finger or some type of hand surgery or something like that that she had to have. Okay, because she had a bandage on her hand. Um, but it was crazy that it was cheaper for her just to fly home and have the the healthcare done over there. Yeah, versus here. Agreed. So. So, uh, drone boy. Yeah. I got to ask. By the way, that's the other thing on 94 that you didn't have. You didn't have drones back then. (laughs) Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. That is a good point. Um, I got to ask you some closing questions here. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. So we basically get up at 630 to to head home. You want to just talk about the drive home and maybe some highlights for you? Uh, well, the vegan hit Bert, uh, McDonald's. So (laughs) we had McDonald's. Um, the drive home, I... The uh, Blue Ridge Parkway. We'd done the Blue Ridge Parkway. I thought you might say that. Yeah. Well, and and it's funny because I found out my drone does not work next to my car because of the magnets in the car. Yeah. It screws with the uh, the compass in the drone. So, um, but that was fun going down that Blue Ridge Parkway and stuff. I- again, my suggestion for anybody going to trail days. Don't go from point A to point B. Agreed. You know, take some side trips. Enjoy yourself. Uh, I think we did leave at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock on, because we were trying to make it back for an appointment that you had, um, but we couldn't because we had to charge so much. Um, And the chargers along the way, and we just decided since we're not going to make it back, we can, you know, hit the additional chargers. Well, and we should put an asterisk on the Tesla, right? I mean, if you're in a hurry... Don't you don't want to go long distance in a Tesla? No, no. I mean, again, if today the the charging times on a Tesla are you know probably add to your trip. Yeah. Um. You know, twenty five years from now, if we're alive and still talking, it won't. I yeah. mean, it it, it, no. it it'll be a. Can you yeah. imagine where electric cars are going? I, my guess is that you'll hop in a drone. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Um, I think the battery technology will probably bring a drone about a self-driving drone where it's like you hit from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to do the quote-unquote road trip style, 
you can hop in a car and it'll drive itself for you. You don't wonder what technology will do to the trails too, because you do have apps like gut hook, which, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, no. but, but it's uh, essentially an app that sits on your phone and it gives you a lot of very useful information about, um, points on the trail, a yeah. water source, a shelter, almost like a Yelp for, um, <laughs> almost like a Yelp for a trail, right? Right. But you do have to wonder how technology will continue to change the uh, trail experience. Well, I, I don't know. For the better, for the worst, hard right. to say, right? I, mean, I don't know how, how technology will change the trail. It'll be more about how do people perceive the trail. Because um, I think they perceive it differently today than they perceived it during your day. Yeah, I, 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 maybe. during your day, when I was 20, I mean, we're about the same age. You know, we're just a, a one or two years apart. Yeah. I didn't know about the Appalachian Trail when I was in my late teens or, you know, early 20s. I, I don't know if the perception's really any different of any trail. It's just that it's just better publicized. Yeah, there's you, more people. Well, and when you can go and see a video and know what the experience is like right. in advance. Versus before you might show up and have no clue whatsoever. Well, and I think states and, and, and government... You know, it, it's their responsibility to protect these things because um, you look at it back in your day. I don't know that there was a lot of people politically um, protecting the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, I think with interest comes support, though. Today, I, mean, I think it, yeah. yeah it and I mean, you look at protected. You and I live in Georgia. How many Georgia Appalachian Trail right. license plates do you right. see? Right. A ton of money, obviously, going into trail support that didn't exist 25 years ago right well we i mean you know even in atlanta my parents come and visit and they love the silver comet trail oh yeah so the trail system here in georgia is is alive and well um agreed you know trying to get the belt line even from a trail perspective yeah the belt line's a trail as well if you want to think of it that way well as atlanta that expansion as atlanta gets bigger and bigger i think people appreciate their recreational outdoor opportunities more yeah hey so um I guess as a, a final kind of wrap up, um, do you want to pass to the listeners where they can follow you on Facebook, Instagram? You're a social media guy. You're pretty uh, active. Well, I, I mean, I'm active, but it's you know, it's more personal stuff. They can follow me. It, it, Gary Vaughn's my name, so you'll find it G A R Y V A U G H A N. That's an A N. I notice and, there's a lot of Vaughns out there without the A N. And it's Facebook.com/slash Gary Vaughn, Instagram.com/slash Gary Vaughn, yeah. um, Twitter.com. Slash Gary Vaughn, although I don't use Twitter all that much. Okay. Um, YouTube.com slash Gary Vaughn. Okay. To, I, I, I've managed to nab most social media with my name. Yeah, you're ahead of the curve on that whole I definitely front. am a social media kind of, Well, in, in my mind, there's some value to having my own name um, be my social media kind of, you know. So anytime a new social media even pops up or I get word of a new social media. He's on it. I try and do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're on social media and you just kind of search me, no matter what platform, I think you'll find me. Any closing advice there uh, just about attending trail days for the first time? Uh, go. I mean, you know, like you invited me. I didn't know what it was. It was funny because I was telling a couple of friends and they're like, oh my God, I've never been to trail days. I want to go. <laughs> I'm like, why haven't you gone? Well, I just haven't made the time. Make the time. Yeah. I mean, it's not that. And go on a Friday. Go on that Friday. Stay for the parade. And yeah. if you don't want to camp on Saturday, don't camp on Saturday. Yeah. Your friends actually rented an Airbnb cottage, I think they said. Yeah. Or a cabin. A, you know, I mean, I'm not They young. brought their kids. A lot of folks my age did yeah. not camp. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm so glad I did though. I would have missed. I think so it much. it enhances the experience. I to totally, camp. I agree. I think it's a it's a hundred percent better to camp because you get the sense of community. I agree. Um, and you know, let, let, we also should call out for the listeners that the people that I hiked with, they may have not spent the night. They did pitch a tent. Yes. They did hang out until did hang out. one o'clock or whatever. Yeah. And they may have went and slept in their truck, but you know. Well, and that's it. Yeah. That's the other thing is the, the advice is if you're going to drink during the day or while at trail days, you might as well camp because. You do not want to drive. You, there are so many cops yeah, around and, and there yeah. are so many people walking and it's so dark Agreed. and it's so dangerous if you're going to drink and drive. Yeah. Just don't even do, don't even think. I mean, one or two drinks you may think I'm safe to drive. Just don't do it. Right. Because it's not worth it. Because, again, whether you're afraid of the cops, whether you're afraid of hurting anybody, whether you're afraid of hurting yourself, just don't do it. Yeah, and, and, and camping is, what did it cost us, 11 bucks? Yeah, it was pretty cheap. You know, yeah. those mountain roads are dangerous, too. I mean, right. but I, I think we need to call out again that they have done a great job in Damascus of yeah. isolating Tent City from the town. Yeah. If you're looking for a very family-friendly event that your kids love, yeah. Uh, the festival itself is, is great. Even camping with your kids, I would not, you know, I'm not a parent, but I wouldn't mind taking, I don't, there were a lot of people with kids there. Yeah, there were a lot camping. of kids, no doubt. So, I mean, it was very friendly. Don't think that it's uh, just a bunch of rowdy people who have done the Appalachian Trail going to the trail days. The, the, the parade's rowdy. I don't think that anybody was drunk at the parade. Yeah, no, um, I didn't see that at all. No, you would have had people passing out from the heat if they were drunk. Yeah. Um, so I didn't see anybody getting drunk at the parade Friday night. I think a lot of people got drunk, but again, tent city where the families were, I didn't see any drunk person whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I can't say enough about how well I think Damascus yeah. has managed that whole process. They don't manage, you know, having volunteers stand out there and guide you and do things. <laughs> But they do manage uh, everything else yeah, well. Yeah, agreed. So basically, Gary, you're telling me I could talk you into trail days like when I go for my 30th? Yeah. Five yeah. years from now, I'll have a car that'll make it up there in one trip. He's in it. Yeah. He's in. I yeah. love it. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, thanks for being on the show. I'll need a tent. Yeah. The two-man tent. You know how much better my tent will smell in five more years? Right, well, I can only tell you that there's, it now smells like spring uh, spring wood, I think, is what the, the deodorant that I had. So I'm sure it's pleasant. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for driving, and thank you for not killing me as you slept <laughs> no. while your car drove itself. <laughs> I hope my parents never listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm surprised my mom, my wife would talk to you when you came into the house tonight. After Did you tell her that I fell asleep? I might have. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind your kids knowing. Your wife, I don't mind. Yeah, she shouldn't know. Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, if we don't get you to trail days in five years, we'll have to get you hiking sooner. Oh, we're, we're going hiking again. For sure. Excellent. I'll be out there. But uh, ne- we're going to have to do serious hikes. None of this. Hey, let's car camp and maybe go in a mile. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you I'm talking I'm going to get you in shape. What are you talking I'm about? I'm going to get you in shape. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for being on the show, uh, Drone Boy. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk again. Yeah. Good time. My third appearance soon. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Into Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also download shows directly from intobackpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. 
Music for this show was provided by Jarrus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. This show is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com. <laughs>